Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show coming up this week. Disney has announced a long overdue update to the Great Movie Ride. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to have a discussion about the state of Disney service and some other stuff that we're going to talk about this week. I just didn't put it in my intro. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 758 for the week of November 26th, 2014. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and Adventures by Disney Vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Jenny Lynn Knopp, Julie Martin, and back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West, along with associate producer, Craig Williams, giving us his biggest, happiest holiday smile. Um, he's very festive. He's got his Jingle Cruise shirt on. He's got his uh, festive Christmas iPhone case. He's... Father I Christmas. Like holidays. So. <laughs> I don't know if I believe him. <laughs> just, uh, uh, just to let everybody know, apologize for not being able to go up yesterday. Um, the weather here yesterday. The weather was, was frightful. Frightful. It was. Is, you know, Keep it, I didn't realize that we were under a tornado <laughs> warning most of the day. You yeah. actually had a cyclone almost touch down in Kissimmee. Um, and it was, I got to be honest with you. It, it in all bad. in the in the seventeen years I have lived here, the only time I have seen that much rain was during a hurricane. Yeah, and we had you know we were under tornado warnings all over the place. There were thunderstorms. I couldn't believe the flooding downtown, like Kaylee <laughs> Avenue. There were trash cans just riding by. Yeah, it and you know what? It's this started at what nine o'clock yesterday morning, mm-hmm. and it is noon on Wednesday right now. Eastern it's still time, drizzly, and it's still raining outside. Uh, it pretty much hasn't stopped. We so. have a dog that's freaked out by thunder. Oh and last night at two fifteen, there was one, and I, I don't want to over exaggerate, but it sounded like the world exploded over our head. John and I jumped out of bed. And I had to pull the dog out of the popcorn ceiling and <laughs> pretty much lay on top of her the rest of the night. It was, it was just one, though, but it sounded like something, yeah. like a bomb went off. It was, it was pretty bad. So obviously, I did not want these guys driving here. Plus, I don't like operating the equipment when there's ground strikes going on. So uh, we decided to do it today. I just want to kind of explain what's happening uh, for the next couple of weeks, actually, for the rest of the year. So that everyone knows, um, we are only broadcasting one show today. We're broadcasting our new show. Um, later on, we are going to record uh, our show for next week because we're all going to be on the cruise. So I want to make sure that a show goes up. Uh, we will be back for our regular show December 9th. Uh, we'll have two shows. We're going to have our new show and the show that we record on the ship next week. And uh, we will also be back for two shows on December 16th, our new show in a segment. Um, But then we go on hiatus until January 6th when we come back with our shows for the new year. Uh, Along with that, uh, we're coming back with uh, that week, uh, 
January 8th, the, uh, the Universal Show will return. Uh, Craig Williams hosting. Jenny Lynn Knopp, uh, uh, Julie Martin, and a new member to the Universal team, uh, Rhino Clavin, uh, is going to be at the table. So that's going to be uh, January 8th. That show will go up, and that's going to be a weekly show. That's not going to be uh, every two weeks. It'll be every week. And also, we just don't know what day of the week yet, but the first week in January will be the Teresa and Jenny Lynn show. We don't know what else to call it right now, but Teresa and Jenny Lynn <laughs> will be doing a weekly show as well. So that's coming up the first week of January. So we just wanted to kind of let people know what was happening. We're going to have a pre-recorded show next week, um, a regular show on the 9th and the 16th, and then we go on hiatus until January 6th. Um, also, uh, we have started approving contributors uh, for those who are interested in writing for the Diz. And uh, we'll have a link. If you're interested in signing up for that, link on the show notes page, dizunplugged.com. And uh, we've started sending out the emails to folks that have been approved to start submitting articles. Um, we are starting from the people that sent in their requests first and moving down. So it may take a little while to get to you if you're recent. Uh, we have a lot of people have signed up. Um, once uh, once you're approved, you need to send us some more information that we can get you set up with. Um, so it's a little bit of a process getting everybody uh, set up. We ask for your patience, but we are we have started accepting uh, contributors. People have started submitting articles already, so we're really excited. I have two questions from the Chatterati. Yeah. Will these new shows be live? Yes, they will. And are we going to do a Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party review show? Um, we're going to talk about Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Oh, it was like stumped um, the panel. That was but, great. <laughs> um, no, uh, because they're really... It's great. It's worth every penny. And it's exactly the same as it was last year, with the exception <laughs> of the addition of frozen characters to the parade. Um, so um, right now, we may we may do an actual show. We'll have to talk about it. We yeah, don't have it on see. the schedule for right now. We do want to talk a bit, a little bit about the Christmas party uh, today. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the uh, to do a full show on it. You know, sometimes it just feels like. But we have some videos up. Craig just added some new holiday videos that were recorded over at Epcot yeah. last week, I believe it was. Yeah, with Jenny Lynn. So tried a little little bit of a different thing uh, than normal when putting up videos. So it's a little uh, choose-your-own-adventure with Jenny Lynn. So uh, check it out. <laughs> that sounds so fancy. It, it is but, fancy. Uh, also, just in term, I just want to remind everybody in terms of contributors, uh, we're paying $50 per article, and that is... Uh, we pay that when the when the article is actually used on the site. Not every article is going to be used. We've got a lot of people submitting. We're going to pick and choose what we think is best uh, for the site. When it is published as a feature article on the Diz, uh, then uh, we will pay everybody at the end of the month via PayPal. You have to have a PayPal account. Um, also want to remind everyone about the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. goes up every Thursday, DizUnplugged.com. You can also subscribe to them on iTunes on this week's show Brian from Mississippi returns one last time for more holiday trip planning advice and Michael Bowling has the first part of his chat with author and historian David Lesjack about the Walt Disney Studios and their involvement in World War II so tune in Thursday for that 
Um, anybody else have anything for housekeeping? I kind of do. Um, you know, Kevin John's been a guest with us on the show a number of times, and uh, he's definitely a support to me when I was uh, hosting like, while you all were gone. And um, on Facebook, there's been kind of a grassroots movement to um, help bring his hat box ghost painting that he did for Disney. So they'll start they'll start making prints of it. Um, so I was told of that. If you are wanting that to happen, if you want to support Kevin and trying to get this. Um, art thing that he did made into prints then you can go to facebook uh, facebook.com slash groups oh wait there's a lot of numbers here <laughs> never mind you can find it? it yeah maybe we can post it or you can call walt disney world 877-560-6477 and let them know that you want a copy of this they're trying to kind of get this thing to happen get disney's attention to let them know that there's a demand for this okay awesome anything else in housekeeping no no really all right then let's talk about the poll results from last week we asked you is disney adding too much frozen to the theme parks and uh, pretty much a pretty pretty interesting results um uh let's see yes i'm sick of hearing about frozen 45.6% 45.6% or 46% of the audience uh, of the respondents said they are sick of hearing about Frozen. Only uh, 6% said they wanted to see, or 5%, excuse me, wanted to see uh, more Frozen in the parks. Yeah, Dustin got that wrong because it was 5.7. Yeah, sorry. Um, and uh, 42.7% said maybe. I like what they're doing so far, but it could start getting old soon. And 6% of you said doesn't matter either way. So basically, what is that, 87, 88% of the 1,800 people who answered this are either sick of it or could turn very soon. <laughs> we were just at it's the about earmarked, to get ugly. We just were at the earmarked convention, and they said, this is so big. This is so huge. It has doubled or tripled the tourism to Norway. <laughs> And they said, it's not going anywhere. People are searching for Arendelle. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't exist. I, um, I, I mean, it's, it's part of uh, Once Upon a Time now. Right, and I can, I can understand that. My, I think the point being that, you know, after a certain amount of time, you know, it starts getting old. So Disney may keep pushing it, um, but at some point in time, the, I think the, the, they, they run the risk of of overexposing this. As long as there's a plus sign in front of that number. Yeah, it's going to keep happening, yeah. absolutely. I mean, they're changing a ride in Epcot. Yeah. For these two. I know, we had this, yeah, we had the discussion about it last week, so. But, uh, yeah, 46% of you fed up with hearing about Frozen. I think everyone would be fine. I mean, Frozen, obviously, like I said last week, has earned a permanent position in the parks, you know, on some level. But um, I think... I, I think the idea is to maybe just not be pushing it so front and center all the time, or at least getting to that point where people are maybe wishing it wasn't so front and center all the time. I think part of the problem, though, is that kids like repetition. Yeah. So kids recognize something and they want to hear it mm-hmm. over and over again or watch it over and over again. As long as that's the case, 
That's yeah, going to keep absolutely. Yeah, parents I have to say, I think that forty six percent are probably parents who have had right. been forced to watch it like ten hundred times. <laughs> I don't want to build a snowman. <laughs> As Julie Finley, and Vince no, new no, numbers. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Finley and Vince new numbers all the time. Like everything is like one hundred zero or nine zero. So sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> but don't we hear that story all the time? My kid watched. Toy Story three until yeah. Toy Story two until I didn't think I could take it one more time. Yeah, so it, it's it is what it is. Although I am ready to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> now for this week's poll, we're kind of doing the same thing we did last week. Uh, we actually launched the poll. Well, we were expecting to do the show on Tuesday, so we launched the poll Monday night. Uh, so it's actually been up for over a day now. Uh, and uh, this poll is actually going to run for a couple of weeks. We're not going to be able to put a poll up next week. So when we come back on December 9th, we're going to draw two winners um did we draw a winner from the last week's for the frozen i don't think so you didn't draw a winner no i don't think so all right well let me do that right now before we move any further so that we don't get just bear with me a moment i definitely didn't do it and apparently neither did i um What? He needs me to log into his iPad. Okay. <laughs> well, go ahead. Just keep the camera on me. And there we go. Take care of You don't have to see the ballet that ensues behind the scenes. <laughs> don't want to see how the sausage is made. Exactly. Um, okay, I'm a ballerina or a sausage. Great. <laughs> it's all in the meaning of the All right, so we're going to draw a winner for the $50 Disney gift card that we give away every week at random from the people who... Uh, Respond to our poll, and this week it is Tracy Baldoff. You are this week's winner, Hooray. Tracy. Congratulations! Yay. And on our December 9th show, we're going to draw uh, two winners from this week's poll, which is about Disney service and uh, spent the weekend. Uh, at the Contemporary, we were at the D23 Attraction Rewind event, which uh, we're going to talk about next week. Actually, I'm going to talk about it in about an hour, but you're not going to see it until next week. Um, that's the sausage. That's the sausage. This is like an episode of Lost. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It is. It's very <laughs> you don't, can't follow it. Um, and, you know, we, I noticed, and I posted this on Twitter and Facebook, that uh, the service at the Contemporary was fantastic. Um, they really... I've really noticed that resort improve dramatically, especially over like the last four or five years, in particular in concierge. And I heard something very interesting uh, that the opening of the four seasons at Golden Oak, Golden Oaks. Uh, Only has, one oak. Yep, it's one oak. Oh, it's one oak. <laughs> Golden Oak, whatever. The opening of the four seasons has really kind of pressed Disney into upping their game uh, when it, especially when it comes to concierge. Four Seasons is an all-concierge hotel. There's no concierge level at the Four Seasons. All of it. But that's also why you're paying $800 a night for a room. Uh, and so uh, that's really... The Four Seasons, in my opinion, is the pinnacle of service in a hotel. Used to be Disney. But it isn't anymore. Disney's having to up their game because there's a Four Seasons in their backyard now. And if they want to attract that clientele to spend that money... They're going to have to be able to compete with the Four Seasons. And I have to tell you that, you know, I was staying on the uh, the club level at the con- at uh, 
contemporary. They were amazing. They were amazing. Um, but then you go into the parks. Uh, we were in the parks for the Christmas party on, on Friday or on Thursday. And I'm sorry. It's just not what it used to be. It just isn't. It's not what it used to be 20 years ago. It's not what it used to be 10 years ago. And the problem is very simple. We're going to have a larger discussion about this in a second. But it's the college program. I'm sorry. It's the college program that's done this. Um, So we want to know what you think of the state of Disney service. Has it gotten better, worse, or stayed the same over the years? We also threw in another option in there on the poll. It's gone up and down throughout the years. Or has it gone up and down? And... Right now, we've got just over 1,100 results uh, to the poll. Uh, 5.6 are saying that the service has gotten better over the years. I don't know where those people are, <laughs> what they're visiting. Um, they must be going to Universal because they're not going to the Disney I'm a, going to. They have a VIP tour um, guide. 35.5% currently says it has gotten worse. Um, 18% saying it has stayed the same. And 41% saying it has gone up and down through the years. So majority of folks feel it's been kind of up and down uh, with 35.5% saying it has gotten worse. So this poll is going to be continuing for a couple of weeks. We'll have the full results on our December 9th show. But I do want to have a discussion um, since we really don't have any major news stories happening this week. going to kind of do something a little bit more of a discussion, especially since we're not doing a uh, a normal segment this week and I do want to talk about Disney service and, and in specific I want to talk about um, what the uh, what the state of it is right now and just from my perspective this is what I think Disney has and we've talked about it before Disney has brought in so many frontline cast members from the college program these are people who by nature of the contract are only there, what is it, six to nine months? Yeah, d- depending on their program, most of them are there for either five or eight months, I believe. Five to eight months. Yeah. So it's temporary help. It's temporary help. Absolutely, some of them you know, re-up and come back. Uh, some of them convert into full-time cast members because they love it and they're Disney fans. And I'm not saying that all college program people are bad. I've run into a lot of great college program cast members, and I'm a fan of the college program. I really am. I'm not a fan of it being the primary hiring vehicle for Walt Disney World, though, and that is exactly what it's become. You are staffed with temporary help. They are not well-trained. Traditions training has gone out the window, and as a result, the experience at a Disney theme park is pretty much the service level you get at a Six Flags now. And... I hear a lot of people talk about at the hotels that the ho- that the you know the service is really no different than what you'd get at a Sheridan or a Hilton, perfectly acceptable. But that was never Disney's push with service. Disney's tagline wasn't you know Disney service, perfectly acceptable. <laughs> you know it was oh Disney service, and it was the you know we talked about this a few weeks ago how it used to be the. Uh, Disney used to tout their service. And I specifically always, when I think about this, I remember an episode of Roseanne uh, where they went to Disney World. And throughout the story arc, you know, there were all these little, you know, nods to Disney service. And I remember at the end of the episode, like she had wanted something. 
and she was back at home and she had wanted something and a Disney cast member comes running in with it for her. <laughs> like, oh, that's how great the service is. You don't see that anymore. You don't see them touting that anymore. You know why? Because it isn't there anymore. <clears throat> I'm not saying you don't find cast members that aren't incredible. Yeah. Because there are some great ones out there. And there are some great college program people out there. But I'm telling you what. Make this a full-time job with benefits. Make it a job that people can be invested in. That they're not saying, hey, I'm only here for six months. So I'm just here to have a good time. I'm here to put this on my resume. That is what, I mean, we went, I went in to buy something in the Christmas store. And, I mean, she was a perfectly sweet girl. But she was as dumb as a bag of rocks. And there was no, there was no, you know, I'm looking at this. I bought these big nutcrackers, the Mickey and Minnie nutcrackers. And the only ones they had were um, apparently the floor model. Um, and... You know, she couldn't tell me if this there was a box for this, if there was anything new, maybe, because it was dirty and dusty. And just the whole experience was just kind of... Are you sure you didn't buy the display? Maybe that was like part of the decoration in the store. No, 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 no. These were for sale. Oh, they were sale. The These fact were absolutely that it was for dusty sale. bothers me worse than not knowing if there's a box. Well, there's that, too. There's that, too. Um, you know, I tweeted out from the party Thursday night that the bathrooms are disgusting in the Magic Kingdom. Disgusting. Actually, at the level of Disneyland Paris, and we all, those of us that went to Disneyland Paris Mm -hmm. can attest to the fact that the Parisians apparently don't use the toilet bowl. They go on the floor. And this bathroom, we were, uh, it was the one right outside Cosmic Rays. Um, Disgusting. And I actually thought about, like, taking pictures and posting them. (laughs) But I figured, okay, A, that's disgusting, and B... It's just kind of creepy walking around in the bathroom <laughs> taking pictures. So, um, but you know, there was a part of me that was tempted to do it, and just to kind of drive the point home. And of co- you know, the response I got back on Twitter was from people saying, "Yeah, you know what? They are disgusting um, because they don't hire enough custodial staff." Um, and these are the things that I've been seeing, where you know the price has certainly gone up. I mean, nobody's nobody's talking about how you know. How, how good the prices are. Everything's more expensive, yet they're cutting back on the cutting back on what they're paying uh, cast. They're cutting back on, on on the number of people they have working certain areas. I know this isn't an issue for everybody, but I remember a time when the smoking area, when you were in a smoking area, those ashtrays were clean constantly. Now you go into any smoking area, and those ashtrays are nothing but a bouquet of cigarette butts, and things like that. You know, you see things, you see a lot, you know, you used to always see guys walking around, guys and girls walking around, sweeping, cleaning up. Good luck finding that. Somebody in chat, Matt in chat, Matt in chat, chat, wants to know, do you think maybe the customers have changed also? The customers have changed, but I don't think that that should matter as much in terms of certain levels of service. Yeah. Customers that are are overly demanding or you know have that hyper developed sense of entitlement certainly has an impact on uh on people's attitudes but at the same time uh that's a train that that that, that can be dealt with in training how to deal with those customers um i mean there's not much disney can do about that but i don't think that means that the bathroom should be disgusting 
And I don't think that that means cast members should be aloof and, and, and poorly trained. I don't think that means tradition should have been thrown out the window. I think those things would actually help cast members deal better with client with customers who are difficult or, you know, yeah, we see it all the time. Of course, of course, there's that issue. But I want other people's input here from an interaction with cast members. um, The last couple of weeks, we've actually been on Disney property more than in the past. And I thought the cast has been great. I think that the issues with cleanliness and those type of things is a function of Disney trying to get more bodies in their parks and not staffing enough. Mm -hmm. Because this is a matter of you can keep ashtrays clean if you have the staff to do it. But if all of a sudden now you're trying to up your numbers and your attendance numbers by so much that you're not paying attention to that type of stuff. And also they can't – It's in Central Florida, there's a limited base of – people who will clean ashtrays for $10 an hour. And I want to I be clear. I'm not saying that cast members are rude or inappropriate. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying they're perfectly average. Okay. And they're just average. They're just okay. And that was never the Disney standard. The Disney <laughs> standard was exceptional. Exceed expectations. Exceed expectations. Well, at this point, you could exceed my expectations by saying good morning was one thing I noticed at Universal that when we went through the turnstiles, this happened several times, we went through the turnstiles, the people working those turnstiles, who were dealing with crowds, by the way, dealing with a lot of people, yeah. with every single person that went through, they had a smile on their face, glad you're here today, uh, if your name was printed on your, on your pass, they were greeting you by name, um, and it was just very welcoming. As opposed to what happens with, you know, at, at, at the Magic Kingdom, which was, you know, pretty much, you know, put, you know, use the same finger you use when you, you know, scan the first time. And there wasn't there isn't a lot of smiles and a lot of friendliness when you leave at night. Not really an awful lot of thanks for coming or anything like that at the Christmas party. They do it. But at night, generally speaking, I wasn't seeing it done. I feel like that's the difference between uh, specific training of that kind of thing, where like the people working the turnstiles at Universal are probably specifically trained. If you have the opportunity, call somebody by their name. Say hello, good morning, good night to every single guest. But these people where, are also full-time employed, yeah. full-time. This is their job, as, oppo- as opposed to being temps. But that's and this also- is where I talk about the investment that you have in a job that is your job as opposed right. to a job you know you're not going to have. Then I don't blame the cast member. Right. I, I blame, blame Disney. Management. Right. I blame Disney. Absolutely. This was, this, That's was part of, this was always part of the training. This was part of when I did traditions. Even though I wasn't a frontline cast member, quote unquote, it was you always greeted guests. No matter what you were doing, you walked through a park, you had your name badge on, you were a Disney cast member. So apparently something's not being explained to these cast members. Well, this is how you're supposed traditions to Traditions training has pretty much been eliminated. The traditions training you went through was three days. Now, is this because now they have to chug people out so much faster? Because, right, it's, it's turnover. They, you know, why invest that time? Why invest three days is their attitude. Why invest three days in the, you know, when primarily we're staffing with college program. So there's too much churn. We can't be training these people like that. But that's where you should do it. Uh, you think so. Because <laughs> that's think the so. person you're going to get who the next year will come back. And the next year will come back. Disney and when had- they graduate, they might be you know, someone who looks for employment at Disney. At one time, Disney had a pool of, of, of resources to choose from. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't make the cut 
or make the grade, you were like, oh, you just weren't kept. At this point, there's so many jobs to fill that the... And the competition is paying well. Universal right. is paying more. And there's just not enough people to go around. Well, there's 70,000 people without a job in Central Florida right now. 70,000. That's enough to staff all of Walt Disney World, top to bottom. 70,000 people out of work. The unemployment here is still high. Not as high as it is in other sections yeah, of the state. But if they don't go out, if they don't apply, yeah. you, I mean, like, I don't think Disney's allowed well, to snatch people off the street no. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they should. But if... You know, if you're not relying so much on the college program and you're paying better and you're making it more attractive, you know, what when for all the complaints that people have about the crowds and the lines and magic bands and fast pass, how much of that could be mitigated if the cast was exceptional? Well, I can tell you a story. It's been a while, but the last time I was in the Magic Kingdom to ride a ride, we went on. Um, we went to see uh, the Tiki Birds. And there was one cast member doing everything. There used to be a cast member at the entrance. There was a cast member that ran the pre-show. There was a cast member inside that helped you take a seat. This was one person doing everything. He was the only person there. Hmm. And I thought, hmm, that's a lot. Every time he has to fill that theater... Every time. That's a lot of people to have to say, you know, imagine trying to say hello. I don't know how many people the theater holds. Let's say it holds 200 or 300 people. Imagine saying hello to 300 people every day and then goodbye to 300 people. Right. When you're the only one there, you're you're pretty much lucky that everybody's sitting down kind of thing. Right. Exactly. So I think that maybe some of this has to do with... Like you were saying before, but how Disney has been running the parks—they they run the parks differently than they have they in the do. past. Um, I I can't say that I I don't know anything about traditions or how people have been trained in the past compared to present. And you know, my experience of going to Disney with my children, you know, spans less than a decade at this point. But um, I I can say we've had some extremely exceptional experiences at Disney, but pretty much every time we've had one of those it has been with somebody who is not a college program person it's somebody who has a full-time position or is in a um you know a fully staffed i also don't want to be ages, but do you notice that it's usually people who are a little bit older they're old they're always older um and not that we've had bad you know horrible experiences with the younger people but i was just saying it's adequate and on the few occasions when it is not even adequate i've noticed that it's always in a situation where they're having uh problems with crowd control um so again i oh, think that would cra- be when there are crowds these uh, cast members are downright nasty yes exactly so nasty. and again that would be with how disney has changed in the way that it manages the park and the flow of the park and also in the last few years there's been tons of construction and just you know there's certain things you know going on within the park that make it a less than pleasant experience and i would think that that would also be a bit of a burden on the cast members absolutely and i agree with all of that and again i want to be clear i'm not trashing the, the college program I think the college program is great, and I think the college program should be there, and I think they should spend more time training them, and I think they need to use less of them in the front line and make those more full-time permanent jobs. Um, that would be my suggestion. Um, but I don't want I don't want to talk too much more about this. Well, well, but in saying that though, I just it, it occurred to me when it comes to the the cast members that are in the international program. For some reason, those cast members that I come in contact with are, are always much better. Uh, always 
Oh, they have to make a bigger sacrifice to get here. Yep. It's not like yep. I'm taking a car ride for, you know, f- four or five months. They have to book tickets, get passports, all that. It's a, a at, the risk, <laughs> at the risk of sounding like a grumpy old man, uh, the current slate of American youth is probably not uh, real into working. Um, I'm not saying generally speaking. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying that all of all of them are like that, but I think we are of the Facebook generation. Yeah. Everyone thinks that they can create a website and be a multimillionaire. I just right. I wanted to throw in one thing too, having gone through uh, traditions whenever I was in the college program, and then also going through Universal's version of traditions. Whenever I went to Disney's, I I know a lot of people get the impression that I'm not a huge Disney fan, but I mean, if you want to, if you really want to believe that I am. Go on my Facebook and look at my picture with Marty Sklar and Tony Baxter, and <laughs> that that tells how, how much he, of a huge uh, fan I actually uh, am. Whenever I it's, can't wait to talk about that, <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. But whenever board. that's the kind that's the kind of stuff I'm interested in. So that's what really gets me going. Tradition seemed like a six hour brainwash session. So if you didn't, if you were already a huge Disney fan, then you would love it even more. And if you weren't a fan, then they were going to try to convert you in that time. Universal didn't try to do that at all. They just made me really excited to work for the company and show off what great things they actually have to offer. And uh, Hmm. I walked away actually excited to work with them, whereas Disney, I was wondering what I was getting myself into. And that's the opposite hmm. of what I found when I did traditions. It was more about learning the history. Right, but your traditions wasn't six hours. Your traditions were three days. Mine was three days, too. And this is my point. This exact thing is my point. Someone pointed out that someone at the Haunted Mansion said, one of the cast members said, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And after people clapped their hands, she said, if you were able to clap your hands, you're not standing close enough to the person in the front. Please move forward. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's let's move on to the next thing I want to talk about. Um, uh, Two things in particular. First of all, there's a new queue uh, at uh, Peter Pan, which... I think they did a tremendous job with this. Um, I actually waited 30 minutes in this queue to ride Peter Pan, which I never thought I would do. But I, I'll tell you something. They did such a great job with this queue that there, I did. I was stunned that it was 30 minutes because it felt like it went like that. And if this is the kind of attention and detail that they can put into some of these queues, uh, that may also help a lot with the complaints about the lines, uh, putting an, making an investment in these queues. And they've set it up as basically you're going through the house. So you go through the kid's room and you start from the outside and, you know, walk into the house. And it's just some really that, you know, that's from the this picture we're showing right now. Oh, I love that. Um, Mom and Dad. That's, you know, outside. And then you walk in and uh, you, you, you see the kids kids' rooms and nice little details and really sets up the ride beautifully. You Are know, there great... interactive elements to it? No, there, there isn't. That's it's the thing. just visual. It's all visual, but it's very immersive and really cool. And it really kind of gets you in the mood for the ride. One of, you know, one of the classic dark rides in the Magic Kingdom, Peter Pan. Um, I thought they did an awesome, awesome job with this. We're going to post these pictures online as well for those who are listening. But I was really impressed, and it did make the experience of waiting 30 minutes in that queue 
just fly right by. John refers to Peter Pan as the dry cleaning ride. <laughs> dry cleaning. They, clean, they change the queue. Here's where you it's drop off great, your clothes and get your ticket. It's a great, you know, especially after having been at uh, the destination re- uh, attraction rewind for D23. Um, we're it's all talking about all you know attractions that aren't there anymore. Things that were the '64 World's Fair, you know, kind of made me go in appreciating it more. That it is a classic attraction. That it may be replaced with something else. Hopefully not. Mar- well, Marty Sklar reminds us all the time that it's not a museum. It's not a museum. I understand, and but there are so few uh, things left. I understand. I, I, I agree with you. I don't want to see it go either, but... Well, um, considering they just built a new queue, I find it right. hard yeah, to go away. Hard to they're but I'm just saying it's about appreciating it yeah. because it may not be here forever, yeah. um, which is probably a good attitude to have on a lot of things. I but, like the idea of this queue even more because they've gotten rid of the Neverland Club that was at the, the, babysit- you know, the babysitting place at the Polynesian Resort, and that was all themed towards you know Peter Pan and it was always such a neat place to drop my kids off I wanted to go in and play right and so the fact that now even though that's gone we have something else that kind of maybe helps take yeah, its but you place can't drop and, your kids off and leave no no unfortunately not <laughs> but um, but in a way that it's cool it's cool because it's something that I can actually experience now along with my children rather than dropping them off and wishing that I could play too <laughs> the other thing that uh, happened this week that was announced this week which I am so excited about is that Disney and Turner Classic Movies are partnering to update the great movie ride. Awesome. I am so Hallelujah. excited that this is finally happening. Now uh, it's going to happen in phases. First phase is actually going to happen relatively quickly. It's going to be uh, um, by the spring. Um, of next year where the intro movie that you see in the theater as you're waiting online is going to change and the closing movie at the end of the ride is going to change. Well, what's the, the, the last movie in the closing uh, montage is 1982, I believe. Yeah, that those desperately needed to be they updated. Needed, yes. Do we in, know what changes are coming? Um, let me... I gotta pull it up. Well, the article didn't necessarily say that any of the vignettes were going to be changed. Um, uh, like Pete said, uh, what's definitely coming in the first phase is going to be that opening movie and the closing movie. And it doesn't sound like they're just going to make minor changes to it. It sounds like it's going to be a whole revamp of the, that's awesome how well, they're I, bookmarking the and attraction. I, I I like the idea of you know that's the stuff that we can do quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. My hope is that. I always love the classic movie clips. My hope is that they don't do away with those in just to put in new movies. Because I can't imagine Turner Classic Movies letting the older clips go. Either. Well, no, that's no, why I they par- I think that partnership is is strategic because it is classic film. So it's not going to be well, you know, it's brilliant. Frozen. Well, although I'm sure they'll figure out a way to work Frozen into it. Um, because they're trying to work it into everything. <laughs> I think people would actually lose their minds if they tried to put Frozen in the Great Movie Ride. The Great Frozen Ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the vignettes in the Great Movie Ride are kind of from all-time classic movies, and I don't, I would not, I would not be worried about them adding a newer one. You just can't lose the old ones. No. No. Let's hope and cross our fingers for a new Sigourney Weaver animatronic. (laughs) Who doesn't pivot her head in a, a non-human way? That you know what? The waxies, but this oh, is uh, actually this is actually a, a two-way deal uh, with Turner Classic Movies. Uh, they're also getting rights to some of the things, so like the old 
uh, wonderful world of color. Um, that excites me. It excites me a lot. They're actually um, going to be airing. Um, uh, it says the second part of the deal will have Turner Classic Movies broadcasting a new block of programming called Treasures from the Disney Vault, which will include vintage movies, cartoons, documentaries, and episodes of TV series like Disneyland and Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. This programming will be aired a few times a year, beginning 8 p.m. Eastern Time, December 21st, um, uh, from 8 p.m. to 5.15 a.m. So it's going to run all night, December 21st, into the 22nd. They're going to have things like you know, Walt Disney talking about Disneyland before it was built. Oh, I have a yeah. new favorite TV channel now. I'm going to be, uh, that's something I'm going to be watching. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Turner Classic Movies, I think it's it, it's a really good thing for the great movie ride. Now, since they lost kind of their association with MGM uh, a long time ago, uh, this article points out that TCM, Turner Classic Movies, uh, lends their uh, validity, their... Um, their name to classic movies, uh, their knowledge for classic movies, uh, and the importance of having that sponsoring this ride. That, like, okay, somebody who knows what they're talking about is putting this attraction on. This this is a brilliant idea. This is the perfect, I think, the perfect uh, place yeah. for them to partner uh, for this. And I think a lot of really good stuff can come out of this. Yeah. Anything Disney can do to kind of revive and reintroduce some of its classic stuff uh, to the world um, and kind of bring some of those classic movies that aren't necessarily Disney into the parks. I Personally, this gets me very excited. Mm-hmm. It really does. I hope they bring back some of the live-action Disney stuff. Some of the live-action movies yeah, that the, seem to have the like animated... The Kurt Russell films and... Darby O'Gill and the Little People, Pete's yes, Dragon. Yep. They did all of those nature films in the... Well, I think that's part of what this is going to be about. Yeah, they're... Um, like, this is basically being spearheaded by Robert Osborne. He always does, like, the 8 o'clock intro to whatever the classic movie of the night is. Yeah. Um, he, but it's just going to be incredible. I mean, the last time they've had a programming block like this was back in the '90s, whenever uh, Disney Channel used to have Walt Disney on right at night, yeah, I mean, and then it went away. We used to watch that. And Michael then, Eisner used to introduce that, didn't he? Well, everyone just got so pissed off whenever that went away, and tried to do petitions to get it going. I mean, that was, I guess, right when the internet was getting big. Because I remember going on fan sites and trying to sign stuff to get get it back and i mean the fact that they're going to do it four or five times a year is good i wish that it could ever it could go in so every sunday night would be showing off well, i like things, making it event I, I like that they're making it event programming that it's an it, it will be an event a few times yeah. a year where they're gonna you know dig some of this stuff out i think that's smart um i don't know that i would watch it every single week i think Doing it like this is probably a good way at least to dip your toe in the water and see how it does. Yeah, it's like when we week. used to watch Disney on Sunday night. Shark Week. Because there, it was because there was a limited options. Yeah. Now there are so many options and so much streaming and so many avenues to find entertainment. I don't know that it would survive. <clears throat> oh, if, if they would even make a streaming all-time channel or all this content available on the TCM site streaming, go back and watch some of these episodes, stuff like that. That's a great idea. Even that would be better. I mean, because this is the stuff that I absolutely love. I mean, I, I go out and I try to find all the old Walt Disney Treasures box sets that they released in the in the and 90s the ones and 2000s. the middle canisters? Yeah. yeah. So I, I 
I have they had some most of those. And no, it's all the classic stuff that's just nowhere anymore. And I hope it all starts to resurface and and in like actually good formats, Blu-ray, high def. But no, it's exciting stuff. All right. Well, I got a lot more mileage out of those stories than I thought we were because it's uh, we're forty-five minutes in. That's let's, great. Let's make rapid fire rapid. <laughs> No, we can keep, we can go. I mean, we're not doing. You know, we'll we'll go as long as we need to go. We're not going to aim for Excellent. the hour. Um, even though you told me, don't worry about hitting the hour, <laughs> and I said, no, I got stuff I got to do. I got to tell you, I think there's something wrong with our counter. In our chat room, there's a bunch of people chatting, and it says there's one person watching. Okay. Oh, uh, you might just need to refresh it. That's fine. Not too worried about it. All right, we're going to move on to caption this. Last week, we showed you a picture of my favorite character in the Disney theme parks. Of course, it's Duffy the Bear. And um, Todd Probus said, hi, I'm Disney's version of Cousin Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. Uh, Scotty Hansen, I look like something you give your kid when you tell him grandma died. Oh, man. got a dark crowd (laughs) and if you'll notice that little piece of mistletoe that sits on Duffy's hat our our resident comic apparently uh, Tom Stowe mistletoe has seemed like a good idea at the time and to be fair everything sounds worse when it's read back in court (laughs) so that's our caption this for this week Um, who's Cousin Oliver I have no Brady idea. Brady Bunch. Oh, oh. The Brady Bunch when they brought in Cousin Oliver. You know the expression, jump the shark? You've heard yeah. that expression when it The jumped. Brady Bunch jumped the shark when they brought in Cousin Oliver. Okay. He was only there for like six episodes and he failed miserably. And I'm sure you've seen him. I mean, I've, I probably have seen it, but I totally didn't. I was like, who's Cousin Oliver? <laughs> so... All right, so uh, we don't have one for this week, right? We So we weren't going to put one Right, up. because we're not going to be able to come back next week. Yeah, so... What not... So that's that. <laughs> All right. And then that happens. Excellent segue. That's that. Yeah, I know. That was real smooth. Real smooth. <laughs> We're going to move on to rapid fire, starting with you, Johnny. All right. Uh, DVC members can have a special Christmas Eve dinner. Uh, blah, 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 blah. In the, the festive ballroom of the Americas at Disney's Contemporary Resort on December 24th, there will be two available seatings for DVC members. 4 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. That 4 p.m. is for people who are over 65, in case you want to have early bird dinner. Um, don't send me letters. I think that's cool that they're doing that. You know, it is cool, but have you ever gotten together with a bunch of DVC members? Everyone can su- compares the size of their contract. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I know, that's why I said it like that. It compares the size of their Contract. <laughs> Enjoy the all-you-can-eat buffet filled with delicious favorites such as roasted pork loin, Christmas dressing, and assorted holiday desserts. Enjoy a merry mixer from the cash bar and try the specialty beverage chocolate peppermint martini. What? Uh, you can call DVC member services and try to book this, or you can go on dvcmembers.com. And how much is it? I don't know. $176? I lost, I lost. Is it really? No, I, don't <laughs> I lost interest after we could eat at 4 o'clock. <laughs> just decided. Well, we don't know how much it is? I might be able to find out. I'll go while he's looking. Well, I just, I just want to say that um, in terms, I was really impressed with the convention space at the Contemporary. Um, that I, I never really spent a lot of time there. Uh, I was really impressed by it. And also, you know, for those who were thinking about doing that, I have to say that Disney's uh, catering food 
is outstanding. Yeah. Um, it's better than most of the restaurants, um, in my opinion. And every time we've had anything, either we've done an event where we've had Disney catering or I've attended an event where it's being done by Disney catering, the food has been outstanding. So it's something they do really, really well. So I don't think you have to worry too much about the food being good. Um, so They don't list the price, but there's some discussion for people who have called up and found the price. Um, looks like it might be $90 a person. Yeah. We had the same experience with um, our uh, agent fam that we, we thought that the food for catering was very good. Um, we also had a bad experience at the earmark convention. So I think it's all about, too, what they pick, as long as they don't go too crazy. But their, uh, their catering has definitely I think it's, yeah. upped a notch for sure. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, John. Kevin. I have the most useless rapid fire ever. Disney New Year uh, Disney's going to be offering New Year's Eve dining all across Disney World. Uh, there's going to be Epcot Dining, Beer Garden in Germany, uh, La Hacienda, uh, La Cellier, and Monsieur Paul are all going to start celebrating at 11:45 a.m. That's in the morning. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> early. <laughs> now, I tried to find dinner <laughs> reservations for New Year's Eve, and there's nothing available. Well. What they're doing, though, is they're doing a special event for dinner in the uh, World Showplace, the big tent where they do events. Yeah. Um, and I'll have to look it up because I don't remember, but I'm, I know I'm booked for dinner there because I couldn't find anything even. This was a couple months ago. I couldn't well, find anything. This, was, this is a new press release. And just so you know, don't get all excited. There's nothing available unless you want to eat at 11.45 a.m. I'm hungry for dinner at that hour. Uh, in the Magic Kingdom, Tomorrowland Terrace will feature a New Year's Eve fireworks dessert party on December 30th and 31st. And Disney, this is going to excite you. You're all sitting down. Uh-huh. Hollywood and Vine will host a special holiday buffet. Um, the resorts are doing stuff, too. Flying Fish at Disney, Victoria and Albert's. Narcos. Is it going to include the cockroach that we saw when we had breakfast there? <laughs> Sorry, there was a cockroach on the floor. And that was the end of my breakfast. Was Hollywood and Vine? Yeah. It's a, a, oh, it's and, and they were like, no, it's a cicada. <laughs> Same thing. A cicada is a cockroach with wings. It's a bug. Now it's yeah. West Hollywood and Vine. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The other places you can go are the wave. Mm-hmm. Excitement on a stick. Okay. Now, let me say something. I had two meals at the wave <laughs> this weekend. Both of them were outstanding. That's excellent. That was lunch. However, if you look up, you could be in Kansas City. You can be in Utah. You're in a hotel restaurant. The wave is boring. Um, <laughs> it's just boring. Okay. You could be in, you could be in a convention restaurant uh, in any bitter, place party in the United of one, States. Bitter. Kevin, tell us how you really feel. When the wave first opened, it was exciting. It was all going to be local food, and it was all going to you know they were going to track the. F- carbon footprint how far it had to be shipped that was all kind of exciting now it's a restaurant in a holiday inn in topeka we actually find it's more enjoyable for you to the bar yep actually that's the only place that i'm bringing there so at least the bar is colorful and you can watch tv Uh, and talk to the scottish um, bartender california grill at disney's (laughs) contemporary resort and trails end at disney's fort wilderness and campground they're going to have lunch and dinner from now for now um that's it there's special New Year's Eve dining. You can't find any of it at Epcot. All right. So I'm taking a look at lunch on the on New Year's Eve. Nothing for dinner. 
in Epcot at all. Not the World Showplace. Nothing. nothing. Uh, Marrakesh, Beer Garden, Teppanito, San Angel Inn, Chefs de France, Monsieur Paul, Nine Dragons, Spice Road Table, all have availability. For when? For uh, lunch. The, for lunch. So starting at like, you know, 1230, which I think that... Uh, while I'm here, Spice Road. So, yeah, go make Spice Road. While I'm in here, Spice Road Table has become a table service restaurant now. That is actually a very good place to eat. I got to eat there last week with some friends, and it was it was good. Hummus was amazing. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I did not like Spice Road Table at all. <gasps> I thought it was awful. We had two very different experiences then. Well, it's all about your taste preference. Is that, is that, is that kind of food you, you would really eat, for? though? Um, yeah, it just exactly. sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It just sucked. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like we that. love those sort of Mediterranean flavors I, and stuff. Except oh we didn't like gosh. the restaurant in Morocco because they put cinnamon on their beef. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that's that a little, review. That's oh. a little strange. Mm. You can but, put cinnamon um, on anything. I'm happy with it. But... I had like stuffed grape leaves that you could put in. They had like two different types of hummus, and it was just so good. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. As I sit here and make my lunch reservations for New Year's <laughs> Eve, Jenny Lynn. Um, my rapid fire is very rapid, um, but hopefully useful, especially <laughs> because we have the podcast cruise coming She's up. She's padding. <laughs> And that is that cash is no longer acceptable for parking at Port Canaveral. You have to pay with a credit card. That is useful. Oh, I am glad you mentioned Podcast Cruise because Kathy had asked me in an email today to make sure that I mention this. Uh, oh, yeah. We are doing a uh, we're doing an auction on the cruise to raise money for Give Kids the World. And uh, for those of you coming on the cruise, uh, we need auction items. So if you have something to bring, uh, we, we could really use it. And you bring it to the registration room. Uh, with you, I think is what you Well, wants. actually, contact Kathy, Kathy W at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, and she will tell you uh, how to get us the items. I think we're not going to bring them to the registration room. They're just going to bring them the day of the actual silent auction. It's going to be quick. We're going to display the items that day, auction them off that day, and get it done really quick. What we want you to do, though, is make sure that you have a check or cash to pay for the items. We have no way of mm. processing a credit card. And you cannot use your key to the world card correct <laughs> or set sale pass what's it called the key what's the key called key to the sea I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I like that right doesn't that sound yeah, you can't charge really it to your nice. room it's catchy <laughs> so don't we have sorry contact exciting. Kathy uh, Kathy yep. W at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com okay it's it. my turn right <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> okay this fell apart fast <laughs> I blame Jenny so Lynch. much for going over an hour <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> okay, mine, Stretch it out. Mine's useful and exciting. Okay, so you know, <laughs> wow. this just gets better with each person as we progress here. We're going to so, judge you now, you know. Universal Orlando Resort is having a Black Friday sale for four days only starting this Friday, November 28th. You'll be able to book through December 1st, which is Monday. You'll be able to enjoy the classic retro-style, ultra-modern comforts of Universal's Cabana Bay Beach Resort starting at just one nineteen per adult per night. One hundred nineteen, by the way, not a dollar nineteen. <laughs> the offer includes a free family suite upgrade, a fifty dollars credit for dining at the resort, and two day park to park tickets with a third day free. Um, it's a great deal. Yeah, but just remember, it's only Friday through Monday. So if you want to book this, those are the only days you'll be able to do it. And they have they have a, a lot of. This is valid for a lot of dates. 
in the beginning of the year. There are blackout dates, though. Yeah. We have everything listed on the site. We'll have a link to that in the show notes page, disunplugged. And, and Cabana Bay is a really exciting resort. It Cabana is Bay is my I had favorite hotel there. It's my new favorite hotel. It's a great, great oh, resort. Oh, my gosh, I love it. I just wish they had the express pass. Yeah. Well, the you can special, buy one. The special pricing, too, is actually on a limited set of rooms. So I wouldn't wait till Monday. No. If you were trying to get the deal, I would go on Friday and uh, try to get it then. Because if they run out of rooms that they have at that set pricing, then... Yeah, price. but I don't think they'd let it run for four days if they didn't have uh, a decent-sized block of rooms to sell. Otherwise, know. they would do it. it well, and you're going to upgrade to a family suite. The family, oh, nice. Yeah, so that's where it could also come into the limited, though. If they have so many <laughs> set aside and they right. run out of the family suites, you know, the upgrade might just go away. I'm very glad they're offering this uh, special. I really am. If there's one hotel. That deserves to be full all the time. It's this one. Oh my gosh, I love it. It is a great, great resort. Um, I even enjoyed the food we had in the food court. I had tuna casserole. Oh my gosh, it was so freaking good. I've heard really good things about the food. And this I is love a, the thing. fact that they use '60s products in the in the rooms. In the rooms, VO5 and yep. zest and zest. Well, maybe the next it. day I wasn't so great. <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard really good things about the food in that food court, and that's what that fifty dollars dining credit is for. It's for food there at Cabana Bay, not resort wide. So you got to use that food credit at, uh, at Cabana Bay. But like I said, we've heard really really good things. There's a it, restaurant so. out by the pool that I cannot wait for the weather to get nicer to go back to. I want to go to the Hideaway. Oh, the one it that kind of like, goes down? Yeah, it looks like something the Rat Pack would have lunch. I can't wait to go. <laughs> I, I've never eaten there. I can't tell you. I, I don't care if the food's good or not. <laughs> I just want to go sit in that little... Alcove. Little coat. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. All right, thank you. Uh, Julie? Dustin Thomas West. Yeah, I have uh, a couple holiday-related rapid fires. Uh, first, uh, um, Nikki Mancini wanted uh, me to remind everybody that she's going to have a bunch of blogs coming out. Uh, so keep an eye out on blog.wdwinfo.com. It's about um, merchandise for the holidays at Disney World. Awesome. And she's taking an in-depth look at all the uh, holiday merchandise. Um, also... I want to mention that the uh, Comedy Warehouse uh, holiday special is coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios this uh, this winter, and that's going to be December 21st through January 4th, and they're going to have original members of the Comedy Warehouse at Pleasure Island doing improv and guest participa- uh, participation type comedy, and that's in the Premier Theater, which is uh, back behind the San Francisco facade, where the Hunchback of Notre Dame and uh, that kind of stuff used to be. Um, but yeah, that's December 21st through January 4th, and I really do hope that it's better than what they did for Destination D. I just have to throw that little uh, jab well, in well, there. We'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah, so I, ho- I hope it's good. Supplementing the um, idea of merchandise... When Craig and I did go to the holiday showcase that's up on YouTube, I interviewed Stephen Miller, who's, um, I forget what the full title is, but basically he knows everything about the merchandise, and we Mm -hmm. talked specifically about the, what's being laid out for the holidays, so you can actually get a look at at that on that video, and that's on our (coughs) YouTube channel. He's like the nicest guy. He's the best. He's amazing. I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Dustin. Gregory. 
Okay, uh, more exciting SeaWorld news. Everyone was worried about Clyde and Seymour, the uh, sea lion, uh, sea otter show going away back oh, when. Oh my gosh, but, please let it go away. Oh, no, nope, well, they're no longer going to Pirate oh. Island, but now they're going to Sea Lion High. Uh, <laughs> so in the spring... No, you're Clyde kidding and, me, right? Oh, I'm not. Clyde this and Seymour true. are going to Sea Lion High. They're, they're uh, going to be on their last day of high school and trying to gain entry into Sea Lion University. Um <laughs> Clyde, of course, will be a math whiz, while Seymour's the uh, the standard jock. And the Sea Lion High motto is education through exploration and imagination will uh, help park guests uh, learn about how animals and the trainers work together. And There um, needs to be a documentary about this. Oh, this I'm, I will be there on so opening day. Oh, I love bad. the show. No, I no. love the show. My, this kids, is awesome. my kids were bored. We had to leave. They were like trying to get up Do and leave. Do they still have a mind before the show? Oh, that mime is hysterical. They don't know if the mime is going to be returning or not. This is like best times at Sea Lion High. (laughs) (laughs) Coley's going to be there. I remember when it was a fancy hotel that they worked at. And they were bellhops. Oh, I was not Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm pumped. I'll be God, there on day one. That's such a bad idea. I, love it. I do love sea lions seat. and otters, but the show well, is horrible. We, we have to go see it before we judge it. As long as like uh, when, Clyde's when got glasses on and Seymour's <laughs> got a Letterman jacket, I'll be fine. So I'll try. I'll give the new one a try. Gosh, I didn't yeah, know there were new parameters. You, you have to be... see it before you can judge it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to make it exciting? Just throw them in the orca tank. I don't know. For... <laughs> see when they get away. <laughs> No, that's not right. <laughs> <What>? Kevin's face. <laughs> you are so twisted. You're a twisted man. Good thing like, he's not in charge over there. <laughs> that would be exciting. Sea World Horror Nights. Throw him over telecom, see if they come out alive. You want to play Survivor? Oh. Let's go. Oh my gosh, I think this conversation is going to a bad place. Oh, oh, oh who I brought up Sea World again? <laughs> Look, SeaWorld's here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is going to do it for our our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. 